everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk Torah. I am Rabbi Tzvi Jacobson with New Radio Media, and we will spend the next hour talking Torah, learning stuff, and having fun while we learn. Peter. Havanagila. I went back to this song. Yes, you did. This song is in the news this week. The Olympics. It was in the Olympics. So for those who have been paying attention, <laughs> there's actually an Israeli ice skater. I think he was Bulgarian or Romanian. I forgot which one his name is. Alexei Bachenkov, I think I got it right. Sounds great. So he actually did his dance or his skating, his whatever you call it. His ice movements. He did it to Havana Gila. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, he didn't win. You know, since we're on the sports scene um, and baseball's around the corner, for those of you that love spring training and knowing that spring is really coming shortly, there are a number of ball teams that use Havana Gila for the entrance of their ball players. I haven't heard that, but it works for me. I would hope so. It works. There are, I don't know how many Jewish players. We actually had one in Detroit. Yes, we did. And they traded him away. They moved him on, and so, and so did the manager. And so did the manager. So we have a lot of stuff happening in Let's Talk Torah today. Lots of stuff. I wanted to open, we're going to talk about menorah a lot today. Okay. So as a quick intro, my class, Yes. Uh, we had a whole party today. Great. We actually finished... The book of Genesis, it's first grade, second grade, by the middle of third grade. So they've completed that book, and we move on to the next book. So we celebrate the boys have to sing a song that I teach them, and they each get up on a speech. We had, I don't know, 150 people in the auditorium, and we had a brunch. But I sent home the first note, and the border had a lot of menorahs on the, on the invitation. Very nice. So, of course, they asked me... Why? Why? And the, really, there was no good reason. It happened to be that I picked. Um, it just was a nice border. But there really are good reasons, which I hope we're going to get into today. I sure hope so. Yeah, lots of good reasons. Because what, we, got, we got photos. We got pictures. We got pictures of people. People. We got, all, we got flowers. We got it all. We got it all. So we got lots of things. We'll get into the menorah, lots of things to talk about. We'll get into the world's greatest fundraiser. We'll talk about why. We'll get into some of the vessels. We'll talk about the ark. We'll try to talk about the those figures of uh, angels or children that were over the ark called the cherubim Rubens. or keruvim. Okay. We'll talk about that. Lots about the menorah. Talk about the uh, menorah in front of the Knesset. I learned a lot this week in my research. <laughs> Who made it, when it was donated, yes, lots. Thank, we want to thank, uh, we, we won't give it away just yet, but we want to thank a certain country. Yes, we'd like to thank a certain country for that. Yes, we'll thank that country. All good things. And one last just note. I want my letter of the day, please. And a letter of the day. I would like my letter of the day. We have our Ches letter. A letter of the day will okay. be coming towards the end. All right. And just and when we get to that letter of the day, we're going to talk about something just strange in the news this week. Um, There's been so many strange things. A lot of strange stuff in the news, unfortunately. <laughs> a lot of strange stuff. But in New York... They're trying to set up a new law. I don't know if you heard about this. Um, you are no longer allowed to have a best friend. No more best friend. You can have friends. I don't know if it's like Facebook or something. But no more best friend. We want to do away with the best friend. And the, the Department of Education of New York is working on this plan. And we'll discuss if we think that's a good Boy, idea. Well, you got me so lost on this one. Why? I am so... Because everybody has a best friend. And everyone should have a best friend. That's right. There, there's it's what the confidant. The best friend is the confidant. It's an important, it's part of growing up. And, and it's it, life. And it's going to go back to the Torah when Moses had a confidant. 
But Moses' friend is his brother. That's right. But it's still a friend. Yes, it is. We're going to talk about friends. We're going to talk about why friends are important. That'll be our word of the day later on. All that we're going to look to get I want to go back, though. You were with the students today. Yes. What were you guys making? I mean, well, you guys were celebrating the, the end of Barishis. I mean, right? What were you cel- What were you eating? I mean, uh, we had I got, a, I got, I'm getting hungry. We had a great breakfast. I actually had mothers help me. It was a, a great new idea. We had a brunch. A brunch. We had bagels. We Number had cream one. Cheese. Good. We had butter. We brought in toasters. I had mothers making eggs. I had a mother make pancakes. Now they're children, so yep. I walked around with a syrup. If anybody yep. wants okay. drops, I, I told the parents as we started. Because usually we have a whole meal, maybe pizza or hot uh-huh. dogs, and there's always soda. So years That's ago- That's not really a breakfast meal. No, we usually do it lunchtime. Right. We usually do it later. <laughs> but since we do this show, during the time I would do that lunch, I said it didn't work so good. We'll, we'll make it earlier. So I always had an issue because without fail, there's always a child or two that will spill either soda all over themselves our ketchup will squirt all over their nice white shirt. <laughs> so this time, the brunch was after the presentation, oh. a 9.30 presentation, which some parents had to wake up a little early yes. for a Sunday morning. Okay. But they were good about it because their kids would have been upset mm-hmm. if they wouldn't have showed up. Yes. Had a different word in mind. but I know. We won't go there. I guess staying far away from that word. Yes. But, uh, so in the meantime... You're, the way you're sharing the little story about how these kids uh, eat, a little sloppy, shall we say. A little. Do we have to give them all new radio media bibs? We do. I don't know if we have them yet, but we, we should. I think, or an apron. A new radio Or napkins. Or napkins or okay. paper towels. All right. And what we really need is to tell everyone our phone number. And how to contact us. You can call in. You can join our conversation. If there's <laughs> anything we're talking about that you would like to discuss, please call us at 844 844- Nine 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 two four nine. That's eight four four nine 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 two four nine. And if Drew lets you through, congratulations! Then you congratulations! <laughs> and um, you could ask him any question you want. Right. He probably doesn't know what I'm talking about this week. But that's okay. But he's looking at me. Uh, that's can he great. Hear me? Let's take a look. He can push he's that magic hiding. button. He can push that button. No, that's okay. We'll be fine. Drew, right. if he's talking, he is talking. He, it, it, oh. N- Jake. Jake oh, is in the room. Man. That's very good, though. I said Drew. Yeah, you that did. That is terrible. I apologize. But Tony's on the uh, See, soundboard today. I and, called uh, Drew. I meant Jake. I got to write that down. And Kelsey's you know, on audio today. Kelsey's here. I'm, I don't want to make a mistake at the end when I thank you and thank the wrong person. That's terrible. But the other thing, too, that we want to let everybody know yes. is you can get us by app on either the Google Store. You can go to or, the Google Store or the, the Apple, Apple store, store, and you can get us on NRM Streams. With a Z. Ending with a Z. And that way you can always pick up the show. I'm not sure if the vi- if the video if the Video's visual is live. Yeah, it's, it's, it could uh, be it, working. They're all nodding their heads. Live? Thank goodness. Oh, that's cool. Thank muzzle tough. No, because I wasn't sure. I know on the on the website the visual works. I just don't remember <laughs> if it works. But if they we, said, we have works. we have such a high talented staff here. Yes, this is great. Yes, this is great. And so we now, have fuzzy music. We're I know. Good. And now I want to go back to the world's greatest fundraiser. The I world's thought, greatest fundraiser. I thought I was always told I was one of the greatest. You are one of the but greatest. I am willing to relinquish that. Yeah, you're gonna this one you're gonna lose. I Moses <laughs> Moses comes down. It's not it's the, the Torah portions are almost out of order. Moses this week or last week yep. is told about building a tabernacle or a Mishkan 
and he's told the supplies that he needs. Okay. And interesting enough, money is not one of the supplies. Well, in the desert, the ATMs were down anyway. The ATMs were down, but silver is still money. Silver was big money. But they didn't ask for money. We asked for stuff. What's the definition of stuff? Stuff could be gold or copper or linen. Was or this for the manufacturing, to, to manufacture, to build um, our ark, to build covers for the Torah? Yeah, everything. The whole, okay. the whole shebang. We need a building with wooden walls. Okay. We need curtains to cover it. We have different vessels, a big box, which they're going to put the tablets inside of. Okay. We're going to have the menorah, which right. I know... Uh, uh, Peter's very excited about the menorah this week. Well, Everything else he's well, going to push to the side. Um, <laughs> no. we, have, we have the table for mm-hmm. the showbread, yes. known as Lechma Panim. But- We're going to have the outside altar, inside altars next week. But in a couple weeks from now, um, they actually go through the actual collection. Okay. So they give an announcement. This is all the stuff we need. Please bring it. All right. Within two days, the message came back, we have enough. Not like around this place. Not like around this place. Not like around any fundraiser I've I, ever had. I know. We can talk about your place yeah. later. <laughs> no one has ever said to me, you know, you have goals. All fundraisers oh, yeah. have goals. So I've never heard yet, as we get towards the goal, okay, guys, we hit the goal. Please, all fundraisers, please stop. Yeah. That's, to my knowledge. I've never seen it. That's why this is the world's greatest fundraiser, because they said, please stop donating. We have no use if we don't need it. We don't want it. Okay. It was actually a two-day fundraiser. Day three, they sent out the message, and they had all the materials that they were going to need. Even the silver, by the way, that they asked to collect, they never really collected silver. There was, I'll call it a tax. Okay. Where when they counted the Jewish people to know how many, they gave a half a shekel. Whatever that was in value not a very big value. It was used for the sockets. It was going to be used for... So it was more so that everybody could have an equal participation and feel like they participated. Yeah, that's exactly what it was for. We right. wanted... There were certain things like the like the public sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Everyone needed a part. Right. And interesting enough, the sockets, we wanted everyone to have an Which equal I think share. is probably the most important part of this great fundraiser was that everybody shared in it and it wasn't like just this end of the community, what we could say... The, the elite or the upper middle and above. This way, all from the, the lowest rank to the highest. I actually read a story this week about that. There was a, happened a few times. I didn't understand the whole story because it sounded a little strange, but there was a, a school in Radin in the 19, early 1900s, and it was run by a great, well-known sage, the Chafetz Chaim. He was he's fairly well-known. He has a famous book about slander, about not speaking slander, okay. what is slander. And a wealthy man came to him, according to the story, mm-hmm. and said, I want to get, pay all your bills for the next five years, which is pretty fantastic. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and he said, the Chavitz Chaim said, I can't let you pay everything. We, this is the type of work that we share. We have to give an opportunity to everybody be part of education. And again, we have never had that problem where I am. <laughs> so, but we accept donations from all large and small politicians. Try it sometimes. Right. You know, I only want to take donations under a hundred dollars, and uh, to, again, just to to get a a groundswell of of support. But we want everyone involved in in, in these types of projects. So gotcha. that, yeah, that's our that's our fundraiser. Okay, and. Uh, 
There was a trend. We'll get to that trending in a second. It's just an interesting verse. The ma- the, is this the make me a temple? Yes. Are you familiar with that verse? Well, I'll say it. Make okay. me a temple. Says, and make I will for me a make for me, me a temple. And I will me dwell, is God. Right. And I will dwell. And I will dwell in your midst. In your midst. Right. Your midst. It shouldn't be your. No, not not no. Y O U R. Right. Y O U R. It shouldn't yeah, be your. your. It should be it. You're making a tabernacle. Correct. We'll call it a sanctuary. God's presence is going to rest in this teeny building. So make for me a temple and I'll hang out there. Very, very good. But the verse says, make for me a temple and I'll hang out with you. And as as the We're going to share. We're going to share. We're going to be more than share. God is going to be in us. Correct. In other words, the verse is telling you, you do what I tell you, God says. If you do what I tell you, then I'll hang out with you. Then I'll be part of you. I'll be part of you. I'll be inside of you, which is really what we're always looking to accomplish. Correct. And as that we had a lot of times. We do what we're supposed to do, and God is going to take care of us. We had it numerous times. And as, a, as we move along, the purpose, by the way, one of the main purposes, yes, God will be there with us, but it, it's the opportunity to become close to God and to do something wrong. You bring a sacrifice, you repent, you say you're sorry. Which led me to a different part of trending news this week. This okay. was really, right. I didn't see the video. And now, part. the trending news. And now, another piece of trending news. This trending is a fascinating news. one. I don't know, I got to wonder what people would do. Tony, you can think about this one. Imagine, I mean, it happened last week. There was a criminal. I guess he <laughs> stole from a store. He was caught. Mm-hmm. And I guess the owner of the store gave him a choice. The choice is either you're going to do jail time, which is pretty normal. Or you can go onto Facebook Live. We are going to video you apologizing on Facebook Live. Now, you know, it could go, and it did. It could go everywhere. Correct. What would you rather? Would you rather sit in jail? Boom. Or would you rather, do you have the guts Mm. to publicly admit that you did something wrong? I think I got to go with the publicly admit. You could do it. I don't it. know. Yeah, I could do it. I mean, if it means your freedom, I think I think you could do it. But you've got I, to do it with soul. Yeah, you got to. I mean, be, you got to be sincere about you, it. That's right. Be, I yeah. mean, if you're you just going to go and say, "All right, I'm very sorry for what I did, and I want to thank you very much." You know, I don't know. <laughs> Ain't going to happen. Jake, could you do it? I wonder if Jake could do it. You know, it's very easy to say. Until that time it. comes, when you realize this thing was, I don't know how many people saw it. Eventually, they took it off. As the guy felt bad from so many people saw this video, you didn't see it. So many people saw this live stream. It's pretty embarrassing. Well, it's, it's the new form. It's a new form of community service in the sense that there's no incarceration. So if I'm not giving you incarceration, the public apology with sincerity is no different than if I put you on a crew somewhere and you have to knock on every door and say, I'm going to clean your your front lawn because of what I did in the neighborhood, and I apologize for my error. Yeah, but we're, it, it, I think it's a great idea. I think the Torah likes that kind of idea because when you go through the Torah, we talked last week about the, the Jewish slave, and, uh, and that's how he was going to get back into society as a... Uh, as a, as a good citizen, right. you don't really find in the Torah the concept of jail. We have the concept of repentance. repentance. There are punishments. There could be lashes. There could be sacrifices. No, there was money. The, the incarceration was a different formula back then, first of all. Like you said, the, the slave for six years, you know, so 
and then you could move on and get your freedom accordingly, and, and etc. And especially because a Jew was having quote unquote this definition of slave, right? Which was a very unique thing. Very unique. So how do you how do you take this if we're not going to since we didn't have incarceration, we didn't have jails, you know, and in the walls and all that. You have you actually have a you have a freedom freedom of confinement and movement, but responsible to the party that you were told you will be with. Good, all good, but but again, at the same time, this idea that this guy came up with, and I was when well, he we went did, out of the box. He went, he out, went out, out of the box. box. It's not so out of the box because, for example, on Yom Kippur, right, the, the high holidays. Repentance. That's really what we're doing, right? If we recognize that we did something wrong and we can admit. We're already, hopefully, if we're honest, I mean, that may be the problem nowadays. But if we can be honest with ourselves and with people we've hurt, um, and we honestly admit we did something wrong, we can move on with life. Yes. I do it in my class. I mean, they're third right. graders. We're obviously not perfect. The first thing I try to do is when I talk to the child, we're not, right? you remember third grade. <laughs> We weren't so perfect. <laughs> so, so first I have to explain, can you understand, can you tell me what you did wrong? If you can't tell me what you did wrong, I, I, like what's the point? I'll make a writing assignment, just stand in the hallway. Right. I, all I'm accomplishing is you're not disturbing my class. But I'm not correcting what was wrong. So here I think the guy found a very interesting way. Again, if all of a sudden thousands of people are doing it every day. Then it destroys the whole concept. I, I think it would lose it. But right. I think it was pretty cool. I think it was pretty cool. Okay. So that's now the uh, once we get into the tabernacle, right? The most important part of the tabernacle happens to be the ark. As much as we want to get into the menorah, no, the gotta, ark is. We got We got to touch on the ark. The ark, for all intents and purposes, is a big box. It's but actually it, three boxes. It's but it the ark is. Let's do it this way. It's like having a house. You know, you have a door. You have doors. And you open it up. It's what's behind the doors. Yeah, but this becomes, is almost like what's in your closet or in your Well, you're in, in the house. Cabinet. You're in the house because that's, that's the Bet HaMikdash originally, as we talked about. Sure. So then you go in, and there's your ark. All right, so you can say that's your big closet. But still, there's, some, there's still the next challenge beyond when I open those doors. Okay. And okay. I was, to give people an idea what Peter's talking about, in the tabernacle, the Mishkan, there's two basic rooms. There's the front room, the holy, and then there's a partition, there's the next room called the Holy of Holies, in which is the Ark. The Ark of the Covenant, I think people call it. Right. Or we call it the Aron, the Aron HaKodesh, the Holy Ark. It is a big box. It's actually a wood box with an inside gold box, an outside gold box. It has rings. It has two poles, which stay there. Correct. Let's see if we get into it. It has a, 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 a very heavy cover, just a slab of gold, if you can imagine, about three and a half to four inches thick by about uh, two, two and a half, three feet by one and a half or two feet. And on top of it are actually two figures. We told you called the Kruvim, um, the Cherubs. They, some say they had faces of children. Um, their bodies weren't fully formed and there's wings that actually go over and touch on top and sort of cover or protect the Ark. But what was important, what was inside? You had the first tablets that Moses broke. The second tablets that he did not break, those are all inside. And then it's debatable if the first Torah scroll that Moses wrote, if it was actually also put in there or if it was outside. That's debatable depending on sizes, but Correct. that's it. 
That's, there are other things in the room also, but for the most part, the room is empty except for these things. That is the ark. So that becomes our big box as we think of it. And then from there, you know, certain things never get removed. Like you talked about the poles. You know, we think of like we build something and we want to lift something up and take it. Then we can take it down. We put the poles in the corner. And we're ready to go back. These are not removable. Right. Interesting enough, all the other vessels, when they traveled in the desert, they right. had the poles and they carried them. Correct. These poles actually are never removed because of what they symbolize. And a lot of what happens in the tabernacle is we're trying to symbolize and do a lot of teaching in what things look like. So these poles, there's actually a command that they not be removed. So I believe when they made them, they were very tight. The reason they're not removed is because they support, they support the ark. And the ark, which has the, the tablets, the luchos in them, represent, not only represent, our Torah. And that's the study of Torah. Well, and let's talk Torah. And the, <laughs> and the poles, and the poles support Torah. So we're trying to make a statement that we never want those who study the Torah and those who support the Torah, we don't want them separate. They should hang out together. They, we're, we're showing you with the ark. We want supporters and those who study to be together. That's the whole point. Those that study will give over to those who support. Those who support will give over the, to those who study. Very good. One of my uh, students, I mean, I have them all prepare. Right. I give them their, their little speeches to say, and I have a large class. So one boy asks the question, one boy gives the answer. So one of the questions was, interesting enough, when Jacob is giving the blessings to his children, so he gives Zebulun's blessing before Yisachar, Yisachar's um, blessing. So the question is, why are they out of order? That was... Okay, question. that was the question. And the answer is a pretty famous answer. Um, it, there's a famous type of support called Yisachar Zvolen Partnership. That's what it's called. Mm. That this Yisachar, Yisachar's family will sit and study Torah. And Zebulun, you've heard maybe Zebulun societies. Right. Uh, the Zebulins, these were merchants and they had the boats and the docks. They would support Yisachar's Torah. So Zvolen, or Zebulun, goes first to show his importance. But you should know it was a fascinating partnership. It wasn't, how much do you need this month? Let me give you some money for clothes. Go buy some new clothes. <laughs> buy a new pair of shoes. Do you know what the partnership was? Peter, you ever heard what this partnership, how they did it? No. This one you got me on. This one I got you. I'm, I'm listening. You're listening. You're I'm learning. listening. Listening and learning. Um, the answer is, it was a 50-50 partnership. Well, I got that much. No, 50-50 means that when Zebulun goes out on the high seas and he comes back with a boat and he just made a million dollars in profits, half those profits, not 10%, not 20%, right. so half, half those the... profits go to Yisachar. Right. And therefore, Yisachar, who's busy studying and he's building up his reward in, uh, in God's bank account, um, half of those rewards go back to Zebulun. It's really a 50-50 partnership, which is fascinating because nowadays... It's, you don't see that. No, no. you want to help somebody. There are people who, who will find a person they almost adopt and they take care of, but never to the extent of a 50-50 of a partnership. But that's what we're trying to show you with the ark and the poles and the not removed, that there's a partnership. And that's what the Torah wants. Those who study, those who support, it's a partnership. That's... Uh, 
That's what we're looking for. So we, let's kind of wrap up this little segment here for a minute, and then we're going to go on. Um, so we've got the Ark, you know, the big box. and Okay, we've talked about that. Sherubim. Right. Okay. Cherubim, yeah. That showed God's love. Right. And then we have, you know, the you know, we have the cover that goes over the Torah. Right. We've got those three pieces. What are we missing here? Anything? Well, I think we should. At and I'm least... doing this simplistically. I understand because we only have one hour in which to yeah. do it. So <laughs> we can't get through everything. I mean, I mean, people can, again. If you want to call in and ask anything about some of these uh, symbols, again, eight four four nine 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 two four nine. You can talk talk to us about any of the the vessels, the symbolisms, other questions. I have questions and answers I wrote down that if you don't call me and ask me, I tell my class. But how about time. Facebook? Can they get you on Facebook? You can get us on Facebook at Let's Talk Torah. I've uh, had some new people joining recently from I don't know which countries. It looks like from Israel or the Middle East. And uh, I don't know, I checked them out. Interesting. They're Good. checking us out around the world. I so, think that's great. So you can, of course, always message us on Facebook. And like we've had in the past, people send me information when I don't know something. They have, they're not shy about that. <laughs> <laughs> they may be shy to call, but please, you want to call in, 844-999-9249. And we'll try to take care of you and try to answer your questions. And if I can't answer the question, no, we we'll don't want a prize. We'll no, research no. it. We'll research, we research it. it. That's, that's right. That's, that's, that's the way Torah works. You don't know all the answers. You, um, I mean, I tell people all the time in class, when you're teaching students, you do need a lot of knowledge. It's unfair to not to get nervous because a child asked a question that you were too lazy to but find that's the answer. same thing in business. Client can ask a question all day long. And you may not have the answer. And the first thing you have to say, I'm glad you brought the question forward. I want to get back to you on it. Right, so I could cheat a little more because I have a lot of parents that are quite smart. So, And sometimes the <laughs> questions are not really appropriate to answer in class. So I say that's a great question. <clears throat> your father would be so happy if you asked that question. <laughs> and then I'll ask him a day or two later, did you ask your father? What nah. question? What question? What question, yeah. <laughs> what, one day, one day. Maybe during the break I'll tell you some of these questions. But not today. <laughs> um, there's an interesting thing to notice. There were two. I told you there were two. Kruvim. Two of them. Okay. The number two is obviously important. There's heaven and earth, there's spiritual and physical, there's, um, there's all kinds of duality things we talk about, there's uh, the two tablets are there, right. there's the, the oral law, there's the written law, there's laws between man and God and laws between man and man. Is this, that why they got into the take two tablets every morning when you don't feel good? Probably. I did do that last night. It, it actually worked. It did. I just kind of wondered how that two did come Probably, to Probably, yeah. And also, if you do two tablets, you finish the bottle faster. You do. And therefore, you have to buy a... There a, you go. A, therefore, you have to buy <laughs> a new bottle. There you go. Two bottles at a time. And now. I know there's something in my head that I'm trying to think, and I don't think I wrote it down. I didn't. And if it comes to my head later, I'll remember it. Right now, there's something I know that I wanted to... Oh, now I remember. I got it. Okay. Very important. Talk about friends. Very important. Friends. So these cherubs are made out of gold. They're inanimate objects. Right. However, and it, it, it'll connect to what we talk about later with our special word of the week, but there was a fascinating thing that happened on the holidays when the Jewish people would go up to the temple. They would open up the curtains and to show you what was happening with the ark. So fascinating. The Talmud tells us that depending how the Jewish people were behaving, would depend on what the these cherubim, the the, the cherubim look like. Right. In other words, if God was happy with the Jewish people, they were hugging. 
again, even though they're officially inanimate objects. Right. If we weren't behaving, they actually faced away from each other. Mm-hmm. So you had a pretty good way of telling how things are going. However, what's even more fascinating is by the second temple, when they the when they took out, that is a problem with how I'm explaining this. It's but okay. when they when they looked to see what was going on with the Kruvim, when God has destroyed the temple, they actually were hugging. Which is a little bit seems to be I mean it's it's awkward because if if in fact he's not pleased with you, then right. why are why are we embracing? Exactly the question I knew I wanted to talk about it, and somehow it's not in your notes. And it's, it's not in my notes, but I, I knew I had to talk about it. I had to remember. So the answer is that sometimes your child needs needs to be disciplined. It happens. It happens to all of us. Um, or if Tony's the children, you know, it's uh, it happens to all of us. Your parents need to discipline. It's the way life goes. But Teachers, we still hug them because we love them. Right. In other words, one has nothing to do with another. Right. Sometimes you need to be disciplined. Sometimes we need to be punished. But it's only because I love you. If I didn't love you, I'd throw you out of my house and I don't want to talk to you. Right. Here... I, I, I love you so much, I have to discipline you. I have to fix whatever is wrong, even though when you're younger, you don't believe that I have a clue. I, I, I know my children. I know. They never. Mind. Remember, we don't have a brain till after they're 21 or older. Something like that. Yes. And it's and as the sign on the fridge says, right. that it's amazing how much we learned in like a couple of years or something. Not like, our, <laughs> not like your whole life. Okay. That, that's what I had to get into. Okay. So it's important that, you know, the message that we, we keep getting from the Torah that we're shared with every day, you know, things aren't always the brightest. Things aren't always the most wonderful. But at the end of the day, we still have to face each other, respect each other, and love each other. Definitely. And that and that's what the Jewish people saw. Now, if you call up and harass me, I'll give you more details. Because well, there's some problems with these Kruvim actually being in existence. But uh, if you're too afraid to call, then, you right. know, you can ask Jake, see if he knows the answer. Well, we'll, we'll hit him at the end of the show. We'll find We're out. We're very good on the What You Learn session. We, yeah, section. we are very important to, and now, to, to make Peter happy, we got to well, change direction a little bit over here. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I got to go to one other thing before, okay, we, before we hit the menorah and all that. I want to go back to Moses had some trouble, though. Okay. You know, um, when Moses had trouble, he would deal with the issue, the one issue. Right. So Solomon comes down the road years later. Right. And Solomon could handle 10 of those challenges, where Moses could only handle one at a time. So that really gets us into the menorah. Yes, which, it does. Because, because you, I knew you wanted to get into the menorah. Well, You're going to get into I'm going to work it there. Okay. So, so the menorah was quite intricate, Quite complicated to make, certainly for a nation of people that were clueless when it came to making gold stuff. But uh, Moses cannot figure out how to make it properly. It has to be made out of one big uh, piece of gold and beaten out. And there's flowers and there's decoration cups and there's branches and there's, and there's knobs and all kinds of stuff. Moses can't do it. So finally, God tells Moses, no problem. Throw it into the fire and it'll come out perfect. Okay, great. It's the best thing I've heard all day. <laughs> How hard could that be? But when we get to Solomon's temple, yes, whatever that is, uh, 360, 400, about 450 years later, um, all of a sudden, um, Solomon decides he wants 10 menorahs besides the one Moses made. Right. And he has no problem creating 10. So the question becomes, what happened that Moses can't make one, 
And all of a sudden, Solomon has no problem making 10. Well, the old joke would be, yeah. like in today's business world, you know, we ma- it, we our R&D department took years to make, and then once we made it, everybody could copy it. Right. right. I know with drugs, and I'm very happy when there's generic drugs because it's quite cheaper for me, but I do understand that the cost to create it Always is tenfold plus. Right, but that's a, a only. It's only a little different because there you're gonna you have your chemist go ahead right. and just break it apart. Yeah, that's all. Here there was obviously something difficult in the making of it. So I, I think we can give almost like a parable, and it's the Olympics. So Again. I think people can relate to this. Um, but there was the 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 most famous story is the four minute mile. Right. To what was his name Baxter? Way back. But I think his name was Baxter. What was the guy? Well, the, mile, the first the four, guy to break the four minute mile. Someone. Jesse Owens. I thought at the no, 1936 just, Olympics. Okay, everybody has their Google. It was a guy, Baxter. Ron well, I'm not, Baxter. I'm not touching Google. My hands are here. Your hands are here. My hands are here. Someone will find it. But anyways, everyone said you couldn't break the four-minute mile. The human body does not have the ability to run a mile in four minutes. Okay. Sure enough, as soon as I'm, again, pretty sure his name is Baxter. As soon as the team's working out. this guy ran a four-minute mile, all of a sudden, within a short period of time, it was whole, boom, boom, boom. Everybody's doing. Everybody's doing. It. Now I believe high school runners, right, can do the four minute mile. The four minute mile is not fashionable anymore. Be- but so what happened, right? Or in the Olympics, everybody knows all part of the Olympics. Any, any speed, running, distance, all the things they do, which at one point are impossible. All of a sudden, what's well, one well, guy? A couple of things happen though. The body has changed. The training has changed. Um, all of these things took place over years, again, to redefine the challenge. Right, but I think what happens is you need the first person to do it. But that's in anything that And then everybody has to do it. Well, that's right. So what happens? It's just Why like we are. Happen? Well, I just like new radio media. I mean, we're a digital platform. We're like the first in Detroit really doing what we do. Right. And, and I guarantee for the copycats. You got it. So... But they can't copy me. There you go. So? Rabbi Zavid Jacobson, ladies and gentlemen. There me, you go. Let's talk Torah. If they want me, it's going to cost them. <laughs> and a whole bunch of other people. Okay, that was uh, some personal advertising. Here we go. Why not? Anyways, Why so, not? I, I, but I think the answer is that we all know it's impossible till somebody does it. Correct. Once we do it, we don't think it's impossible anymore. We've, we've rewired our minds. It's when something new comes down, it's almost like God sends it down. And then the and challenge. once it's here, anybody can do it. Right. I mean, again, I can't run a four-minute mile. I can't ski to save my life. I'm there's looking, folks. I'm do. looking at him. Yeah, I'm looking at not, him. Yeah, but not, this is the guy that went snowmobiling just a week ago right, with the family I, you and You could stuff. put me in the... Little cross-country skiing. Hey, put me in one of those... Don't put me on a skeleton thing. That's, <laughs> no, don't. But yeah, you put me in the bobsled in the middle and I'll hold on for dear life and I hope we won't crash. But... Once it's been done, once it's been shown that it's possible, so it's almost like God brought the idea down. He allowed us to to comprehend it, to understand it, then anybody can do it. Okay. Therefore, Moses couldn't do it. That's the first one. Right. Once God sends it down, Solomon could do 10. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing with all the things you see in the Olympics where forever – Going ahead and setting new speed records. Records new, are broken every day. All the time. Right. Which is really quite amazing. In, in, in all, you know, even in a study hall, by the way, where there's people struggling, or I'm sure it's in other fields and science and stuff, where you can have one, one scientist at one end of the world, and he makes a discovery, and all of a sudden, at the other end of the world, a week later, the next guy makes a discovery. It's almost like the concept 
has been brought down to us. Right. And that's what happens when we talk about the menorah. So we have this menorah, and now the menorah today, if we go to modern times, has become the symbol for the state of Israel. Right. So Kelsey, who's with us, we have so many pictures, but we have a great picture with people, and if we can get that up there, and... Uh, yeah, we're looking while that's happening. Well, yeah. I was looking at well, realizing that, whoa, has time I know, flown. time always flies. Oh, we got to get We're going to keep it going. We're going to so, get there. Hey, there's there? us. Hey, there's us. Oh, hey. that's a we're, nice picture. We're the happy guys. That's not me in the picture. In case you were wondering, that is not a picture of me. I have two of you now. You have two of me. With I have two. But, then, no, I, but oh, there we are at the menorah in Israel, across from the Knesset. Right. The Knesset has a very famous menorah that was created by... You know who it was, Peter? Keep it's going. in my notes. Well, That's a, cheating. No, no, it's all right. Benano Elkin. Famous. Yep. Yes, yeah, so he was from which, also in my notes. Well, wait, well, that we know. The gift was from, the, first of all, the gift was from the British. Yes. And it sits across the street from the Knesset, uh, where you saw my lovely wife and I. Yes. Uh, standing in front of it. And when we look at it and we look at the menorah, it symbolizes universal enlightenment with you know, the two olive branches that come up, and we've always talked about in Jewish life, olive branches is peace. We yes. want It represents peace. So if we have peace and enlightenment, we're hoping that that's what will fulfill the community. That is what we're looking for. Did you know, by the way, that when he originally made the sculptor, sculpture, I guess, sculpture. and wanted to donate it, he wanted it actually placed in the Knesset? Yes. But then if it was in the Knesset, it wasn't for the people. And the key was to keep it outside so that all could enjoy. And that's, in, that's, a very, and that's always been a thing about Israel and the Jewish people. We've always tried to have it available for everybody. The doors are never closed. Unless, doors, of course, they're locked. Unless they're locked. And then you ask somebody for the key, you knock and say, hello, I'm here, I'm waiting for you. But uh, now, he did, obviously, his menorah is not any, anything except for the amount of branches. Right. Right. This is not Seven. like the the Hanukkah menorah, which Correct. is really eight branches plus an extra candle. Right. Not to be confused with the menorah in the temple, which is six branches plus a a center Divider. stem. Right. right. Say uh, so. There's seven lights on top. Yep. So his this so Bino's that's his name, right? Bino Elkin. His Bino Elkin. His menorah is more fashioned in line with the temple menorah because of the seven. And it came at such a unique time in 1956. Now, did it come on purpose before? I say I didn't get well, my see, dates this so is, well. Well, your your dates are right. The Sinai War, I mean, the timing was like impeccable when all of this took place because Israel was at its darkest moment, and all of a sudden, the symbol of light is showing up. Now, did this did this Bino Elkin understand that? Did the British well, that understand I, I, that? I, I was couldn't there? interview him at the time. Unfortunately, I was still a youth, still young. Well, somebody should have asked him. <laughs> but, um, you know, if you ever, when, not if, if but you when win. you go to Israel and you go to the Knesset, it's actually a beautiful sculpture. It's, it's gorgeous. He has, do you know how many? I'm sure you know because I probably wrote it in my notes, but you know anyways. He yeah. has actually carved in a whole bunch of scenes, some some from the Bible, some more modern history. Do you know how many he has? 29. 29. I knew you knew that. 29. And there's some famous verses. The Shema and- is there. Plus, not only did it become, because everybody thinks the Star of David, you know, the flag, that's really the symbol of Israel. In the menorah, if you look at all of the um, different aspects of Israel, the patch on the shoulder, 
right. uh, you'll see that that's the emblem of Israel. And that's the key. The flag with the Star of David, yes, it's on our military aircraft in Israel, and it's on our military hardware, but on the uniform, it's not the Star of David. It's, it's, now, I'm just curious, you would know this better than I, no. when did it become the symbol of Israel? Oh, the state of Israel. Well, it was adopted February 10th, 1949. No, but that's, oh, so that's when they actually, yeah. it wasn't when he donated his, um, no, no. his menorah. The, no, no, the, the, the emblem of the state of Israel showing the menorah on the olive branch on each side uh, was adopted February 10th, 1949. Now, one thing I think is important, it wasn't some, you know, my father always joked we came from a, um, from a little town upstate New York. New York, yes. We talked about it, and uh, this little town had its own flag. So I, I asked him once, I said, like, Community. where did this come from? Yeah, a bunch of guys in a bar one night got together and they said, this is our flag. But, um, but this, this picture of a menorah with the olive branches is actually ancient. It actually goes, it actually predates this, right before the second temple, maybe the beginning of the okay. second temple in Zechariah, he has a vision, he has a prophecy. And uh, things are not so good. They're trying to build a temple. They're not being so successful. And in his vision, he sees the menorah. Mm-hmm. And he sees the two olive branches, which actually are, uh, are pressing oil that's placed into the menorah. And he doesn't know what it stands for, which is also interesting. He is a prophet. He's supposed to know what the prophecy means. What's the picture for? And he didn't know what it meant. So he goes to the angel who seems to be delivering the message. Because the angel says, you got the picture? You no, know I, it? I got the menorah, not I got, the picture. I got, I got the picture. <laughs> I don't really understand the picture. What, like, what gives with the picture? Yeah, what were the instructions? So he told me, he says, he says, this is the picture to show, which is that's why it's interesting when, I, when a country uses such a symbol. But the verse says, you're not going to win because you have a bigger army, a stronger army, you have, you have better intelligence. You're going to win because God says so. Well, you know, it's, a, it, it's the old story, even in, when, when you send your students out, um, or even in the studio here, we have three wonderful young people working with us. What makes it is the passion. Yes. And the passion in the enlightenment. If you think about enlightenment, and I can remember giving a speech where I had to dedicate the menorah in front of a cemetery in Milwaukee for Benebrith International. And everybody kept saying, what are you going to talk about? What are you going to talk about? And I said, well, the menorah. Because the menorah is the eternal flame, the near tamid. Think of the, think of the head, you know, as we say Rosh. That is always here. If that flame goes out, then you're gone. But if it's passed through to the next generation, then it's internal. So it's interesting it's, that it you're, calling it, you're going in a flame of passion. I'm going with passion. You're going with passion. I like passion. Because just, just to be a warrior to go to war... Right, so I'm saying past that. I'm saying forget the soldier going to okay. war with passion. I, I want to step back. But my back daily to that. life, but even in daily life, daily life we all need passion. Where everything we do, sitting here, family, everything, right? Everything we do is with passion. But the verse that Zechariah is being told is is uh, is really different. He's being told you got to remember it's God. You right. can have all your passion. You can have all your soldiers. You can have everything else. But it's going to be God, which means that I don't have to go fight. I don't have to make a war. When no. God's ready to take care of me, he's going to take care of me. And I would hope, even though it's a little hard to imagine. But I have to be ready for the call. 
Of course you have to be ready for the call. But the people in 49 who said, we want, as we know that famous prophecy. And that prophecy says we're going to be successful in rebuilding the temple. And that prophecy says that there's going to be peace, which is really what they wanted. And as I can assure you, I'm sure Peter can assure you as well, that the state of Israel didn't say, you know, we sure hope we have a bunch of wars that we win over the next 50 or 60 years. was not their intention or goal. The intention or goal was we want peace. Always. And that the olive branch and the menorah say there could be peace, but it's because God says so. Well, as you said, too, you know, and and we're going to hear a lot of this later on as Passover comes down the road and everything else. But, you know, not with uh, armies, not with strength, only with my spirit. And my is God's spirit. My God's spirit. Right. Good. God's spirit. Per Hashem. So that's the key factor to the whole peace at the end of the day. And yeah, and I think I wonder it's what becomes. You know, it's, this symbol was really an ancient symbol. Um, I, the, well, it is. It's found it. I mean, this is you're going back three thousand years. You know, but even but you you also find that the world recognized this because if you've ever been and it's fascinating, it's still it's standing. Right. Yes, right. The the Arch of of Titus, I believe it's called, in Rome when Titus would destroy the Second Temple. When he marches back and they create right. this whole arch for the armies to march through, through. and they have, a, a, they have a, a menorah that he's carrying with him, which also becomes quite fascinating that that's when you want to show that you conquered Jerusalem and you conquered the temple, you're using the menorah. You needed as the symbol. symbol. Yeah, you needed the symbol to so show that victory. Symbol, that symbol has been, that symbol's been around right. more than just a while, that's for sure. Okay, so. We've covered quite a bit. Yeah, I think we did pretty good. Um, I want to talk about David and Jonathan coming up. Okay, we'll get to David and but Jonathan. I need the letter of the day and the number that it represents. Okay, now we do have a few minutes still. If you would like to ask all these things, we, we like just scratch the surface, well, we the have ark, not. the menorah. But you can call us still. We'll try to squeeze in at 844-999-9249. Or I'll answer your your Facebook messages or emails at Well, I know that one of the notes that we got earlier was with everybody knowing the Star of David being like the psychological symbol uh-huh. of, it, of Israel and the Jewish people, why was that never taken? Taken where? When? To, well, to be taken as the true symbol and not the menorah. Because I think in Israel they always understood, and there's the history book, the I hope, but at least for a time, the standard history book is the Tanakh, is the Torah. That is your, your history. I was reading a fascinating book by Michael Oren, actually. Hmm. So when the Americans tried to help Egypt create their army, they realized they were illiterate. And if they were illiterate, they can't feel good about passion. Correct. They can't feel good about their, about their country. Why are we fighting? So they created schools to educate so you can read, so you can learn about your country. And the Star of David is not in the history books. It's not in the Bible, really, to my knowledge. I'm sure someone will correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm not wrong on this one. But the menorah is. It's just fascinating that psychologically, and I do it that way, we see the Star of David everywhere. And we see the flags. We see El Al. Everywhere you go, there's a Star of David around people's necks. Right, it became jewelry, it became an identification piece. Maybe it's easier to make than a menorah. No, you don't. Okay, fine. (laughs) 
It's tough when the candles Man. are burning. Yeah, it's lit. <laughs> it's a lit. And it lies nicely. The will break. But it's just an interesting, you know, it's yes. just very, very interesting to see why uh, that happens. Yes, but let's get in my, whoa, yeah, well, yeah, my no. few minutes left. I got so many pictures and Kelsey is nodding. Right. But let's first, we'll see yeah. if my flower picture later. Let's get our letter up there. Okay. So this week's letter yes. is the eighth letter in the alphabet. <laughs> it is the ches. <laughs> or the chet. As it may be known, and there it is. But I have my own paper because I can't read little print. I know. Um, it's a very fascinating letter because it's formed by last week's letter. Yes. There's actually two Zions. That was last week with a roof. And then a little. Right? A we little, had hooks and stuff. Poop. But it, it's really two Zions. Right. And that happens to be that some, instead of two Zions, actually have a two weeks ago's letter, a Vav, vav. and a Zion. Both are stick-type letters. Correct. With a roof that forms the Ches. Numerically, it's eight. Neat. If we say that six is natural and seven is is spiritual, like the Sabbath, the slave going free that year, the sabbatical year. Eight, the number eight actually is above all of that. There's In what a, way? Well, there's seven heavens and a goddess above right. that heaven. There's okay. um, there's interesting, I'll say it if you could follow it, it's fascinating. You can read the letters to say as follows. Aleph Bays in Gim- Aramaic oh. is is uh, like Aleph Bina, the first um, knowledge, meaning learning Torah, right? And Gimel Dalim, which means to be kind to the poor. Mm-hmm. And then Hey Vav is part of God's name. So if you learn Torah and you're kind to the poor, then the Hey Vav, which is part of God's name, will Zion, from the word Zion, will support you. And Chain is another Hebrew word with Ches, will find favor with you. you. So that's just a very interesting. And I thought it was an Olympic thing. Olive Bait, Gimel, Dalit, our team is really solid. Go Israel. No. That's is such a good one. I mean, you never. How come at camp I never I, heard I, that one? That's how we had at camp. Unbelievable. That one I never heard. That's a good one. Okay. But we got to get to our word of the week. So, my word this week, there's a lot of words. Yes. Some of you think my word is Chayim for life. That's not my word. My word this week is friendship. And the word for friendship is Chaver. Chaver. A Chaver is a friend or Chibur means, uh, means connection. I think I have something for you. You have something for I me. Think, I think I do here. Do we have? I think we do. You know, there, there was a great piece when we talk about friendship and why we can't. Why we... Okay, I, I hear I got to turn up a little bit. I there hear it, goes. it. I hear it. Hold on. Do I know this song? Hold Unlikely, on. by the way. Well, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. Now, here you go. You never heard this? <laughs> boop, boop, boop. Come on. And Everybody. I'm looking at They're looking. blank faces. Oh, no. Here we go. Here. Get ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. You haven't heard this? I probably should have had him cut into the... We should cut into the friendship part. See, now Kelsey's happy. Everybody's happy. Everybody's happy. There you go. But I want to talk about two famous friends. Two famous friends. And that would be the famous Jonathan and David. Okay. Historically, you have Jonathan is the son of King Saul. Mm -hmm. King Saul understands that his son is not going to be king because David's going to be king. So you have a father trying to tell his son that you can't be nice to this guy. (laughs) This guy is taking your kingship away. But Jonathan and David were the best of friends, such good friends that Jonathan helps David escape. He never tries to harm David. He only tries to help him. Right. When there were times where he could have taken care of him, 
and not a good way. And they 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 are the 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 picture of friends, which I told you at the beginning, I just wanted to comment on it. Um, why the New York Board of Education thinks it's a good idea to um, to tell teachers and schools no more best friends, you know, really loses what life is all about. We yeah. have a lot of friends. We're friendly with a lot of people. But everybody needs a best friend. You need that confidant, like you said. Right. Uh, David and Jonathan. Because that's what it's about. When when the chips are down, I don't need a bunch of friends. I need my best friend. That's And your how best friend sometimes is closer than a brother or sister. Sometimes. Yes. Right? And I was, how do you know who your best friend is? When your car breaks down and you're an hour drive away, who are you going to call? And if this guy will come out and drop everything to help you out, that's a best friend. There you so go. So the whole idea, oh, we are rolling. We are winding don't, down. Don't look at the clock. Don't I worry about it. I couldn't help it. it I'll looking. look at the clock. You I, just enjoy. I'll tell you why they were nervous. Why were they because nervous? Because I think... Tony wants to tell me what he learned today. Oh, I thought maybe you were telling, still talking about David and Jonathan that the sundial was clicking away a little bit fast. It's clicking away a little fast, but we're just going to ask real quick. Okay, Tony, there you go. what did you learn today? Mike's on for everybody. I thought the uh, Ark of the Covenant thing was actually very interesting. I did not realize that what it kind of resembled the fictional depiction of it um, in Indiana Jones. I was going to have Movie buffs are in the I studio. I know it. I know it. Good. Kelsey, what did you learn? I thought I it was you. interesting that the person who tried robbing that store, that the owner didn't just call the police immediately and try to just get him locked up and that he gave him that chance to kind of step up and accept the blame on social media or not because that guy knew at that point everybody was going to know about him. Cool, good, excellent. And I have your Jake. name right. Jake, I have your name. <laughs> so do we. <laughs> cool. You can always listen as we are getting ready to wrap up. I don't even think I have time for Peter to tell me anything today. No, not today. Today, you know, today we wanted our studio, a group here, all three of them, Jake, Tony, and Kelsey, to share with us their thoughts. The listeners, once again, we want to thank you for joining us. Uh, you know, it's Let's Talk Torah. And so, Zavi, another fast hour. What another can we say? fast hour. And again, we'll thank all our sponsors and listeners. You know, I couldn't do without you. Of course, my production team this week, it's Jake. We got that right. Jake, Tony, and Kelsey. I hope I've left you with uh, some food for thought. Until next week, I am Rabbi Sweet Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk Torah on New Radio Media. And until next week, don't forget to think about it. Hava, 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 hava,